With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Pina, and with Rohan currently on vacation, today I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated senior writer, Chris Herring. Chris, aside from watching every minute of every uh, Summer League game, how was your weekend? (laughs) I'm not going to address that at all. Uh, I'm just going to let people believe that was the case. Uh, Weekend was great. On our last pod, I'm pretty sure I mentioned that my sister had a 30th birthday coming up, so we were able to surprise her for that. Ooh, it was nice. what'd you do? Uh, went to my friend who like talks about how every sentence out of my mouth is like a constant flex because of my book <laughs> and like the Spike Lee endorsement for it and everything else. <laughs> he like hooked up like a private room at like the nicest, if not the nicest, one of the nicest. Uh, restaurants here in the city and they're giving us like private so it was super super nice for my sister and uh it's a good friend of the Mm. family did that was able to get lunch with her yesterday on sunday um and then there were a bunch of people in town for the wnba all-star game too so i was able to see some of those folks hang out with nikaius duncan for a while which was great um it's good weekend good weekend uh watch some basketball like i said i will not contradict what you said about how much summer league I watched? Um, <laughs> did watch the WNBA All Star Game. It was a, it was a good it was a good weekend. What about yours, man? Um, relaxed, chilled, good. read a lot. I love reading, as good the long time listeners know. So, just sat on my balcony and laid down and cracked open some books. It's good time. You I know? gotta get something from my balcony so I can like lay out. I I haven't. I haven't gotten furniture for the balcony yet, so like I end up bringing my tiny chairs out on my balcony to read uh, and listen to music. And I'm Dude, like, you gotta you gotta really take dangerous. advantage. Get the. I know you're in Chicago. I'm in New York. We only have a yeah. few months of taking advantage of the balcony life. We probably have two. Well, we've been getting those mild winters now, so we probably have a little bit longer. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I need to do that soon-ish. 
Um, and I feel like that stuff takes a while to get delivered uh, out of a car to, to haul it all over here. So, well, this anyway, is we're getting really riveting. deep in the conversation now about balcony furniture. Let's 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 move riveting on. Riveting stuff, Chris. Yeah. On today's show, we will be opening up the mailbag and making some way too early awards predictions for the upcoming season. Uh, before we get into it, a quick reminder to please keep your emails coming to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. All right, Chris. So before we hop right in, I want to spring this email on you from longtime listener Thaddeus, who literally just wrote us a note about 20 minutes ago. You have not seen it yet. The subject head is uh, the perfect KD trade, something we've never really discussed on this show. This topic has just been elusive, I know, for weeks on end. Um, I want to just read you the trade, and then you let me know what you think. So it's a three-way deal between the Nets, the Raptors, and the Rockets. I have not double-checked to make sure everything is legal, but Thaddeus is a pretty smart guy, so I'm going on his word. Um, And at first glance, it's pretty fun. So the Raptors get KD and Eric Gordon. The Rockets get Gary Trent, uh, a 2023 first that's unprotected from Toronto, and a 2027 first from Philadelphia, courtesy of Brooklyn. And the Nets get... Pascal Siakam, a 2025 and 2027 first unprotected from Toronto, 2024, 26, and 28 pick swaps with Toronto. Brooklyn then gets its 2026 first back from the Rockets, plus the pick swaps from that Harden deal uh, from in 2025 and 2027 are extinguished. And that is the deal. That is a big mouthful. Yeah. A lot to process. Um, I'll just, I, I know that you need just two seconds to, to think it over. So I'm just going to jump in with my thoughts. <laughs> that, that might help, but go ahead. I, <laughs> what I was more thinking is that as much as I've wanted to have that sprung on me, I'm realizing that hearing it without being able to read it, like, is probably really making life difficult on your boy. But please give me your thoughts, though. That's okay. I want to just hear your thoughts, and then I'll weigh in a little bit. I'm literally going to text you this as we do the pod. Yeah, because right that now. was a so you can lot. look at it while I talk. Yeah, I realized that I probably should have <laughs> probably should have emailed it to you ahead of time. But That's okay. That's okay. Go basically, ahead. so the the thing that stands out to me is, um, and Thaddeus outlines his rationale for it in uh, typical really great detail um but to me what stands out is that the raptors do not have to give up uh scotty barnes and that's like for me whenever i hear the raptors as a team in talks potential talks with the nets for kd i'm not doing that trade if i'm the nets if i don't get scotty barnes like that's just that's just it for me like you could give me og and pascal and all the picks i don't care like, I want Scotty Barnes if I'm giving up uh, Kevin Durant. That's the type of blue chip prospect I want. So that from that perspective, I'm a little miffed on it. But, you know, getting the picks, like getting some of that draft equity back, if you're, yeah. if you're Brooklyn, where you get the pick swaps extinguished, because, they, you know, in the future, they could really take a nosedive here as an organization, and those are very Absolutely. valuable. Getting the 2026 first back is really important. And then you're getting a ton of, obviously, getting a ton of equity from 
from Toronto in this deal. Um, randomly, the Raptors also getting Eric Gordon, who's like Loki, one of my favorite players. Uh, that's pretty awesome. And I think that the Raptors would probably, uh, they would be the best team, I think, in the Eastern Conference next season. Um, so those are just my my thoughts. Uh, what, what do you think about this, this hypothetical? Because it's fascinating to me. Yeah, there's, I mean, so even after looking at it, it's still kind of like a lot to process <laughs> just because there's, there's, it's mostly picks. Like there's, there's four players in the deal between three teams, which is really rare to see that happen. Unless I'm mm-hmm. reading it wrong. There's only four players involved. Mm-hmm. It's a three-team trade. Um, so it's like, it's probably like eight or nine picks that we're talking about involved. Um, so it's a weird trade from that standpoint, but it's like, it doesn't look wildly lopsided for anybody. Uh, Ro- the Rockets get a pretty good return on like Eric Gordon. Like you could make the argument that they're getting like a slightly younger version of Eric Gordon plus two first round picks back. Um, so it's like they'd probably be very happy with the return like that. I think the Rockets win the trade. Now that you just yeah. said that. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm just looking at it. I'm like, wait, did they give up another player aside from Eric Because that's a great return for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Nets would be happy with that return. Um, it's a lot of picks they're getting back. You get Siakam, who's all NBA. Um, it's not Scotty Barnes, but like if you were going to pick anybody else from that roster, I imagine that's probably who you would want. Um mm-hmm. I, it makes sense to me, honestly. Uh, I I don't know. It makes me wonder if somebody would say no. Maybe like like you were saying. I don't know. Were you basically saying that you would say no if you're Brooklyn because you're not getting Scotty Barnes? More or yeah, less. Yeah, I am. Yeah. So am. even with this, you still wouldn't you wouldn't take this deal. I would not if I was Brooklyn. I need so by my count here, they're getting, I guess, two picks plus their own back, and then a bunch of swaps. Uh, that's just like not enough at all in terms of the pick department for me, let alone not getting Scotty Barnes. Like Pascal's cool, but I'm assuming that I'm also going to have to trade Kyrie. So I'm just like Pascal, Ben Simmons, you know, who else, whoever else is on my roster. Like that's just not a very enticing product for me in the present day. And then I don't, I don't like, I have a, a bunch of these picks now, I guess, but I don't have as many as I did before I made the Harden trade, or I have about as many. So I, I, I don't even know where that leaves me as an organization. And I, but here's my thing: if I'm, if if I'm understanding this correctly, and again, I might not be because you sent me a, a an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> via text. Uh, like, if they're getting, if the concern that everybody had is like, man, and the Nets don't have their own picks, so they can't even just tank. If you're getting those back and you're mm-hmm. worried that you might suck for a while, at least you're doing it and you're getting your own picks back. So I could live with this. I, maybe it's not exactly what you'd want. Obviously, you want the, the team's best blue chip prospect, but you can you can breathe some with it. And it, you either outcome, you're going to be okay. You're either going to be all right because your team is all right, or you're going to be bad, but you you're all right because you get the picks to reflect that you suck. I could I could live with it. I could understand wanting a little bit more for it. But Siakam's mm-hmm. not a bad return. I'd have to. How old is he? Like twenty? How old is Siakam age wise? He's uh, not young enough. Was, he's twenty eight. Okay, I thought he was a little bit younger than that. 
I hear what you're yeah. saying. I, 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 the parameters around something like that could work. I could, I could live with it. Uh, but mm-hmm. you don't want to just live with something when you're trading Kevin Durant. So I understand it. But getting those picks back is not a small deal by any means from from that team. Uh, mm-hmm. When when you talk about what the next few years might look like for the Nets, and yeah. okay. not to mention, I don't yeah. know what you'd get for him. But as you talk about trading Kyrie, the, the conversation that doesn't come up very often that I imagine Brooklyn doesn't have a whole lot of takers on is like you could also make the decision to try to trade Simmons somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. Now, again, I don't know that you're going to get a haul back for him either, but you could, you know, when you've got this whole league shaken up by all the movement, maybe you find a team that is willing to give you something for him if you're if they're convinced that he's healthy enough to play. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it could be a total teardown, and you could actually more realistically do that now if you're getting your picks back from Houston. Yeah, the trading Simmons thing is interesting just because, yeah, his trade value right now is just uh, scraping the ocean floor. And even if he were to up his trade value and look great before the deadline, and then you, you know, you had some takers, like the fact that they gave a first for Royce O'Neal just lends me to believe that they are not in the business of trying to move on from a talent like that. You know what I mean? Like that, that move indicated to me that they are just gung ho on trying to be as good as possible right now and not going in the other direction. That could obviously change, but yeah, there's a, just so many moving parts right now. And that kind of brings us to like, you know, speaking of Durant, his trade is holding up the entire offseason right now. So I yeah. figured today would be a fun time to look ahead. It feels months away because it is months away, um, the season beginning. And I took a look at some of the Vegas odds. I sent you some links for some odds for every mm-hmm. major award um, that you can bet on right now. And everything else basically beyond the KD trade is like the dust has kind of settled. You got DeAndre Ayton out there, but that's pretty much it. Maybe Colin Sexton. Um, We've seen some trades. We've seen basically every signing that there is that's relevant. So I wanted to kind of take a a survey of the landscape and look ahead. We're going to pick our MVPs. We're going to do top three for every award. MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Player, Sixth Man of the Year, Coach of the Year. And then we're going to also look at the odds and give our, I guess, our best bet outside the box pick for each one. Um, I hope that makes sense to everyone. I think it does. Chris, which award do you want to start with? Why don't we start with the the ones that are normally a little bit less consequential? Um, so you want to start with like most improved or coach of the Let's year? Let's do most improved. Let's do. Or six most man. Improved. So either most improved, most six man. Okay. Most improved. Uh, you want to go first? There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Sure. My number three here, and this is what I think, this is what I actually think is going to happen this far out. Okay. All right. My number three is Jalen Brunson. Um, Hmm. I'm picking him because uh, obviously he's going to a new situation where he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's going to, you're going to see this. I guess this award is just a weird one to predict because there's so many people, people, you know, have a different um, definition of what a most improved player looks like. But I think his points per game are going to go up. He's going to be in New York. A lot of attention, big contract. Um, If the Knicks are better than they were last year, if they make the play-in because of his play as well and his usage is up, et cetera, I could see him, you know, getting a lot of attention in an awards race. And this just what seems like the most that? likely one. Forget. What? I'm messing with you. <laughs> and he's going to be playing in New York, obviously. It's going gonna, it's gonna to yeah. be talked about as much as his contract was. So, yeah, no, no doubt. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's I got Jalen number three. Who, who's your number three for, for this category? Precious Achua. Oh, my God. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, the guy now, my only fear and kind of putting him on a list like this is just that he was already he already made a really nice leap this past year, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just knocking down pull up threes and transition, you know, just running the floor, you know, wildly athletic kind of on some nights like looked like a new player. Um, And so it's always a little bit like, can you pick somebody like that when they've already shown a jump like that? Uh, so, you know, it's it, to be, you know, to be continued, we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. We'll obviously see whether <laughs> whether the look of the team he plays for changes by getting a player named Kevin Durant. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, may, maybe, maybe not, but um, someone that could theoretically get more playing time if somebody like Pascal Siakam's not there. Um, I don't know if Kevin Durant is, then maybe, you know, it's nullified anyway, but he'll, he'll probably get more opportunities this coming year, just based on how he looked last year. And, uh, you know, and depending on who else moves, if, if Scotty Barnes were part of something, which I imagine he will not be, but if he is, you know, it could mean more opportunities for somebody like him. So, um, so I put him third on my list. Fun one. My next guy, we're going to try to go through, there's a lot of players here, so we're going to try to go yeah. through this as quickly as possible. Um, <laughs> My next player is Tyrese Maxey, who, yeah, he could have won the award last year, but it was his second season, and I just feel like that is, you should not be winning this award in his second season. I also feel like you should not be winning, yeah, I also feel like you shouldn't be winning this award in your third season either, but as we just saw with John Morant, um, the guy guy who I picked number one also, like third year (laughs) just seems like, you know, if you make a leap that's natural in your life cycle as a player in your career, like people want to reward you. Uh, I don't know. I don't agree with it, but that's what I think is. is I'm kind of with you on that. And my picks don't reflect it, but I kind of agree with your, your line mm-hmm. of thinking. I got you. Yeah. Who, who's your number two. So going against kind of what I believe for the first time. And then my number one pick will reflect that too. Uh, Patrick Williams, I think from the bulls um, is a guy that I think can, you know, like, it's funny. Hell, this morning, my best friends have been blowing up my phone just about, you know, they're listening to a podcast that they really disagreed with the take. 
Um, so they really feel strongly about a lot of things. I live in Chicago. They're Bulls fans. So they, like, my best friend is, like, ready to move on from Patrick Williams if he's the Bulls. He's like, trade him now. I don't see that dog in him, more or less. Oh, my God. And Uh. I'm like, buddy, like, he's my boy. I've known him since I was five. I'm like, he's a good, he's a good young player, like, he plays on a team with Zach. He he doesn't think that he's aggressive enough offensively. I'm like, he's playing with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, not to mention uh, Boots. He was hurt all like, year. He was also hurt all year. So, like, all he was basically going off of was the last couple weeks of the last week of the regular season in the playoffs, which they weren't really expected to do much anyway. He had one game in the playoffs where he no. had damn near 20 and 10. Like, so basically you're kind of going off of, like, pretty much his rookie year and then a couple of weeks of, of play this past season. I'm like, have you really seen that much to where you're convinced that he needs to be shipped out? You could probably get a pretty decent return on him now because other teams would see that he hasn't had much of a chance to show what he can do. He's played with pretty ball-dominant wings. Uh, he looks the part just as far as his size and everything. Um, part of me would have loved to have watched him play Summer League this year but he's a starter on that team. So, like, you normally don't want to roll out your starters in a summer league format. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just kind of feel like he's got room to grow. He has the tools. Uh, he, he's a decent enough shooter. Um, and I think that they're going to put more trust in him this year. They're going to need him to to be healthy and to play well to really make a jump because they really didn't get that much outside help this, this summer. So um, maybe, maybe not, but I think he's got a shot. He's huge. I had him on my list, my first list, when I was sketching this out, uh-huh. and then I eventually took him off. That's a great pick. Uh, I would not trade him if I were the Bulls. I would. I wouldn't either. He's Kobe White. He's kind send of, him somewhere. He's exactly. Yeah. He's he's kind of critical um, in a lot of ways, and he's the type of player where they take him fourth overall. Yeah. Um, didn't start a game in college. Uh, just seems like there's a lot of untapped potential there. So this is a really smart pick. Um, my number one most improved player is uh is anthony edwards and i'm just I, like I, I i fundamentally disagree with making this as my pick i just think that he's going to win the award because if john morant just won the award yeah. and that's what we're doing then a lot of the same guess stuff what there. ant's about to become an all-star he's going to be knocking on the door of some special stuff this season i think so he's he's just like an obvious pick for me i think and yeah, nothing really needs to be explained with it. He's just awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I, I probably should have put him there for the same reason, just based on what we saw with Ja winning it. <laughs> I went the complete opposite direction. Even went younger <laughs> in the in the threshold than uh, than three years. I went two years. Someone who had a horrible season that I still think will be a decent player last year as a rookie. Uh, I picked Jalen Suggs. Oh, uh, who was just brutal statistically last year like in a way that it's like you almost had to do a double take when you look at his basketball reference page um despite how brutal he was the magic their youngsters were still really impressive um Mm -hmm. for weeks for probably a month or two they had like the best net rating in the league um they're starting five i think so they would always you know i remember a lead and then lose it you know their bench was horrendously bad uh it will be interesting to see now with uh obviously Boncaro being there but i wonder if maybe that relieves some of the the ball like part of the reason we'll get to rookie of the year later but like mm-hmm. 
I didn't pick him as my rookie of the year. I actually didn't even have him in my top three because I kind of feel like that ball handling responsibility is going to be so shared on that team. Like he'll obviously get plenty of cracks at, you know, handling it. But uh, I think some of that may help Suggs a little bit to not have to handle so much and maybe not think so much in year two. He's also just like a, I think he's a pretty well-rounded player. Um, so I kind of get the impression that he'll be, he'll find a way to be more helpful and statistically that he won't be a dumpster fire the way he was in year one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That also does may not equal like winning most improved, but he, he could certainly take a huge leap just by being decent this season. He could mm-hmm. make a huge leap. So again, will that be enough to win most improved? Probably not, but like a cute pick and the rationale I think adds up. You think the rationale adds up? <laughs> Enough to where I can make a cute pick. This is pretty equivalent to my whole thing when I was like, yeah, Rudy Gay is going to win six man of the year. I didn't actually believe it, but I thought the rationale was interesting. No, I'm so with I you. I feel like I, I, I'm like an annual. I, I make annual picks like that, but also the Rudy Gay one came back to bite me in the ass, so maybe I should have picked someone other than Jalen Suggs. <laughs> my, so my best bet here, I'm just looking looking at the odds. Um this player was plus 8,000 in Vegas, or is plus 8,000, so that's 80 to 1. Um, and it's DeAndre Hunter with the Atlanta Hawks, who I just adore. I always have. Uh, I think he has all-star potential. I'm waiting for his leap. He's very similar to Patrick Williams in this way. Obviously, he's older. He's done some things. You know, he... In the playoffs, he didn't play really in the playoffs last year. Um, in the playoffs this year, uh, had some moments that were very, very impressive. I think his ceiling as just a two-way, high-level impact player on a good, very good team um, is super high. And I, I just love everything about his game. I think he can score at all three levels. I think he can be a lockdown defender. Um, you know, you don't want to make Kawhi Leonard uh, comparisons, but that's the type of player I, I think and can envision him becoming at some point next to DeJounte, next to Trey. Not too much offensive responsibility, but hopefully they give him the keys a little bit more this year with Trey off the ball. And yeah, that's my pick. I, I'm just a huge DeAndre Hunter fan. So I'm going to level with you. Um, you didn't do it. That's okay. No, I understand. No, I did, but I thought somehow... <laughs> Somehow within what you gave us on the outline, gave me on the outline, I thought that you wanted an MVP pick that was like off the beaten path for a good value MVP pick. I didn't know that you wanted them for every single award. That's uh, okay. I but, don't. But at the same time, I just mentioned Jalen Suggs, so that I, I I'm pretty sure no, you he probably win. was not even on the most improved list. So no, that's your best bet. Everybody yeah. go with Jalen Suggs. <laughs> best bet, worst bet, somewhere in between. <laughs> anyway, yes, let's no, move that's right along. That's perfectly fine. I'll just I I've got my best bets for every category. I'll just say okay. them. You tell me how dumb they are. And for MVP, I'm assuming that you DeAndre um, Hunter is a great great pick there. Um, I think for me, I think the, the most improved guys either need to be with what we just saw with the job um, selection. It mm-hmm. either needs to be someone who becomes a full, you know, bona fide superstar and goes from like a low level, like they're going to be a star someday to like, no, they're they're here right now. Either that or they need to have a, a substantial change in their team situation. Um in a lot of cases, I think. And I think that DeAndre Hunter is going to be an example of that with what we just saw in the DeJounte Murray trade. Someone like Atlanta may get more attention because of that. 
people will take more notice of what Hunter is able to do and how important he is. Uh, so I, I think that that's a smart pick. And I think that he's a guy that has kind of looked like he was scratching the surface of stardom, like low-level stardom anyway. So I think it's a good mm-hmm. pick. Thank you, Chris. Let's let's knock rookie of the year out of out of here because I'm I don't really know what to say about it. Um, mm-hmm. My let me just give you my top three and then you give okay. me your top three. How does that sound? Yep. Um, number three, I have Jaden Ivy. Number two, Chet Holmgren. Number one, Paulo Banquero. Um, wow. Yeah, that's how I think rookie of the year is going to go. Uh, you know. Jabari is not here, and I just think that when you for rookie of the year, I believe that you need to put up points um, or be super special in other areas. Mm-hmm. And I just think with the you know this is going off of like one summer league game or two summer league games or whatever. Like I don't know how high his usage is going to be. I don't know what his box score stats are going to look like. I think he's going to be awesome for sure. But, like, Jalen Green needs to eat. Um, basically, everybody, like, Kevin Porter needs to eat. There's a lot of guys on that roster. Shangu needs to eat. So, I don't know what his numbers will look like. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm kind of knocking him off. But I think Paolo is, he reminds me of young Blake Griffin. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's going to make plays for other people. He can score. Uh, Ivy super fast uh downhill gonna get a lot of buckets and i think chet holmgren is just kind of that super special defensive presence and we talked about him in the last episode where his impact on the team is just going to be kind of undeniable um one would assume and like he will get buckets as well so that's my order there um what do you have chris yeah um i i explained why i didn't have paulo on my rookie of the year list um if he I that mean, surprised look, me yeah it i mean it, i'll put it this way like number one picks not being in the rookie of the year conversation at all as top three would be highly unusual so i'm probably wrong here too um but like i was saying like i think that it's weird because the magic kind of have they have a lot of wing punch on their team already um mm-hmm. when you think about like how well franz wagner played last year like Franz Wagner had rookie of the year numbers last year as mm-hmm. a rookie and, and, and was efficient too. It wasn't just that he was like, you know, shooting a ton to get those numbers. He had a stretch where he was basically averaging like 15 and five assists on good efficiency. He's a good defensive player. Um, so there's a part of me that's like, you know, it'll be interesting to see Boncaro kind of with the ball in his hand so much because he either is going to kind of get his numbers and it's going to take the ball out of other guys' hands and maybe mm-hmm. it gets other guys better numbers too from you know catch and shoots and stuff but i just kind of think between Cole Anthony and and Franz and i don't know it, it makes me wonder whether Boncaro like how high will his numbers be I, I feel like there's a big question mark on that he'll be good he'll be a good fit for that team but it'll be interesting so because i was unsure of the numbers i didn't have him on the list here my list was number 3 Ben Matherin um oh okay who well, I think will absolutely be a guy. Like I have watched enough summer league highlights to know that that dude is not shy um, at all. You know, pull up and transition from three, and um, you know, watching him even the the few tournament games I watched too. Like that dude is not shy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be playing for a bad team, so he'll be able to put up numbers. It will be interesting if he's playing alongside DeAndre Ayton. Uh, if the Pacers make that move, it sounds like Windhorst was kind of saying that he thinks that's imminent. 
for Aiton mm-hmm. to be able to go to the Pacers. Um, if that's the case, then you know maybe Matherin's not taking as many shots. But I f- feel like playing next to someone like Halliburton. Halliburton's unselfish um, to a large degree, so Matherin will get a lot of shots. Uh, Keegan Murray, I had a number two, um, a guy that I think will be playing on a team where he'll get opportunities. Um, you know, he will be playing in, uh, alongside a couple of guards who take plenty of shots too. But um, a guy that looks like he looks for his own shot and um, looks like an impact sort of player. Uh, mm-hmm. I put Holmgren at number one. Um, I just kind of feel like he's going to be the most – he's going to stand out the most uh, for all the reasons that we talked about on our last podcast. He's going to make a huge difference defensively. Um, I was saying before that like if, if I did play fantasy basketball, he'd probably be my number one pick because he'll give you the most categories that he's kind of stuffing the stat sheet in. So um, I, yep. I feel like he'll probably get it. I'd be a little bit surprised if he doesn't win it. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I I like all that. Um, my best bet was Keegan Murray. He's plus okay. eight hundred, eight to one. So that was a really like just from yeah, glimpsing what he's done in the summer league. Like he's got he's got game. So he's good. Um, um, he's he's pretty good. And maybe calling the Kings losers for taking him over Jaden Ivey might be a stupid thing that we have to scrub <laughs> from the internet. Jaden Ivey's going to be really good too, man. So yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, but I understood what you meant when you said it. Okay, let's – where do you want to go next? We want to go coach of the year. You want to go six man? Six man first. Six man. Okay, this is uh, – I'll just get – I'm going to give you my top three. Yeah. Um, number three, Bruce Brown. The God. I like it. Um, Number two, Jordan Poole. And number one, I have uh, Malcolm Brogdon, who doubles as my best ah. bet because he is plus 2,500, which is kind of wild to me because he was on the uh, on Adrian Wojnarowski's podcast today saying that he was ready to um, embrace the sixth man role off the bench um, in Boston on a contender. And if he, you know, still gets pretty good minutes, which he should, and is able to contribute to their defense and is able to, uh, you know, score in double figures efficiently, he's going to be in this, in the running for this award. Absolutely. Um, as someone who contributes to winning. So I was a little surprised by the odds there. And I think that he should be considered a little bit higher here. Um, but, yeah, uh, he just makes a lot of sense to me as probably the best 
most overqualified player maybe in the league coming off the bench in a six-man role as well. Right. No, that's a great pick. And I'm going to level with you again. Kind of forgot, geez, that he would be six-man for that team. He's, I mean, it's like, and I think with most best six men, this is probably just the case with six men generally, these are guys that particularly when they're offensively skilled players, so not necessarily like a Taj Gibson, even Taj Gibson in those years where he was, you know, someone that could have won the award in Chicago. Won, yeah. Those are guys that you have on the court at the end of the game a lot of times. Uh, it will be interesting with Boston because you'll have the luxury of, you know, do you want him out there uh, to, to close out a game for whatever reason because you're going smaller, uh, a night where maybe Marcus Smart doesn't have it going, whatever. Uh, absolutely could have him out there, but I kind of forgot that he's, yeah, boss, man, Boston's going to be deep next year. Um, he's a great pick. I did not have him on my list. I kind of forgot that he'd be in a six-man role this year. Um, so my list, I, I was really kind of frustrated writing it out. I looked like the dude writing the 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 Eminem letter in Stan. Uh, like scrawling angrily because I'm like this list is not interesting I put Jordan Poole as the guy that I think will win Tyler Hero second and Alex Crusoe third I felt like Crusoe was the only interesting pick there but um, no I had I been thinking about Brogdon I probably would have had him on the list so um, for two so seconds can, for, can we talk about Hero for two seconds because the sure. reason I didn't have him on my list it was not an oversight I just I don't know if he's going to be coming off the bench like I is this going to well, finally be the year where, you know... So um go back to what Riley said at the end of the year. I, which I remember. If, if, if I we're remember. holding people's feet to the fire, Pat Riley, mm -hmm. you know, uh, he was like, look, show me something. Play some defense. Then, it will, then there won't be a problem. Uh, do we really think that Tyler Hero took this summer to, like, become a, a, a locksmith on defense? Do you? No, so so, but it's also not necessarily Pat Riley's call about like I mean, look, I would imagine that Pat gives Spo the you know the autonomy to to decide who he wants to start and why. Um, but the I mean, so yes, that's a very very good point. He may not. Um, what is Hero's contract situation like? When does he come up? Like I could also imagine that if he's up soon for an extension or anything else, that you might want to like. Yeah, so you might want to make him a starter for that reason, too. Like, aside from, you know, just to kind of, you know, keep him a smile on the guy's face uh, if he wants that, which I, I could imagine very much that Tyler Hero would like to be a starter. Um, most guys in the league would. Some people really embrace coming off the bench, but I somehow I get the impression that Tyler Hero and how flashy he is, he would probably like to start. Um, so... Yeah, very, very fair question. Again, like if I'd, I, part of the reason I was like frustrated making my six man list is like, oh, we know these guys will be in the conversation. Um, so if Hero's not, you know, and Brogdon is going to be a six man, I kind of forgot that he would be, uh, throw him in there and it makes way, way more sense. But I feel like it could become one of those things where if Hero is a six man for the rest of his career, he could win the award 19 times in a row just because of mm -hmm. the way that people theorize six man and absolutely and not paying attention to defense, which is part of why I hate six man generally. Yep. Me too. Um, they also lost PJ Tucker, obviously, in free agency, and it's just it's going to be interesting to see who they do start. That's a different conversation mm -hmm. for another day. Like that's that's that starting five. Um, of course, they have Spo, and he'll figure it out. Of course, um, but yeah, um, maybe we should just after mentioning Spo, just slide into Coach of the Year. Yeah, um, let's do it. So my top three are uh, Ty Lue, 
Number three. Number two, Ime Udoka. Uh, number one, I'm going with Chris Finch in Me Minnesota. Too. I did that too. I, oh, really? That's awesome. I did. Um, yeah, no question. He, I, you know, I, I just think he's straight up one of the best coaches in the NBA. And he has some serious talent right now before him. And he's super creative. I, I think offensively he will totally figure out how to play Cat and Rudy at the same time, how to figure out ways to, you know, let Anthony Edwards really shine. And if Jaden McDaniels makes a leap, I know I keep talking about Jaden McDaniels taking a leap, but if he does, that team is just going to be super scary on offense, let alone on defense, which um, Finch isn't known for, but is also perfectly well-versed in. And I thought that their their defensive scheme really fit their personnel last year. So Finch, um, yeah, like Minnesota is going to be really good. And I think they're going to be a top five team in the Western Conference. So that type of leap is, is certainly – he would certainly deserve it, I think. I rock with it. So I got two of the same picks as you. Uh, mm-hmm. I had Finch, number one. I had Ty Lue, number two. Um, I put Dagnall, um at three uh, because of what I was saying in the last pod. Like I, I genuinely think that Oklahoma City, if they decide that they might even be slightly interested in winning this year, that they'll be able to do it decently. Mm-hmm. They're still going to have the youngest team in the league by probably you know a pretty decent margin or be right there near the bottom of the league in age um and they're gonna have some real talent you know and i i get the impression that it's it's again it's hard to judge coaching it's hard to judge a lot of things when you're not trying to win when the mandate is basically like lose as much as we possibly can if you're not able to get us to lose enough then we're going to start pulling guys and make us lose more or less so i kind of could see them winning a decent number of games with the team that people C is talented, but people probably have thought that they've sucked for years. And, you know, I don't know. I just feel like they'll get enough wins to where – I don't know. I, I could see it. And I think Chet can help get them there. Like, he's a guy that has a crazy motor. Um, I, I feel like they're going to win a decent number of games this year. I don't know how many. I, I would not expect it to be a winning record, obviously. But uh, I, I could see him being in the conversation for him. My best bet in this category is uh, Willie Green, who is plus 1,800, 18-1. I I mean, I just think New Orleans, everything I I, I said, a lot of things about Minnesota taking a a jump forward as an organization and continuing their momentum. You know, New Orleans is adding a healthy Zion Williamson and their vibes – like, do you remember last year coming out of the offseason when we were just killing – everyone was killing the Pelicans – and killing, you know, the Devontae Graham trade and just uh, the Lonzo Ball trade um, and just looking like that that organization was kind of in a free-for-all. And right now, if you look at their roster, I mean, we're talking KD, p- potential KD trades. They're coming off of that really impressive first-round uh, appearance against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they're super deep just about everywhere they're locked and loaded like just a really impressive team and they could come out just firing um Mm -hmm. from the jump with zion potentially being one of the best players in the world uh or the best offensive players in the world so uh and they also didn't have cj at the start of last year so I, i this team is just like really impressive to me and usually head coaches are rewarded when stuff like that happens so 
Yeah. That's my rationale. Very, very good showing in the playoffs. Uh, Mm -hmm. To me, it kind of struck me as the sort of team that that they should have gotten the sort of send-off. Not send-off, because I guess it wasn't a send-off. You remember the... The uh, <laughs> the celebration that people mocked with Minnesota when they won their play-in game, uh, mm-hmm. that like New Orleans felt like they kind of deserved some of that. Would have gotten you know made fun of the same way that Minnesota did, but given particularly given where their season started, where they were what were they one and twelve, one and thirteen, every mm-hmm. other column that's being written on a national level about the team is just about how Zion should be traded, how whether Zion should be traded, whether he wants to be traded, him being relatively mum and just kind of totally behind the scenes moving out of New Orleans to go toward the Nike training facility or whatever else. Mm-hmm. like It was just bad. I mean, they were the bad news bears for a good chunk of the start of the season. And they turned it around. It was, you know, it was a really great turnaround to watch. Uh, Willie Green is a great pick, particularly at that value, uh, I think, for something like that. The players clearly trust and buy into him for sure. Shall we jump to what do we have left here? Defensive player DPOY, of the year. DPOY, rookie of the year. Well, you did rookie of the year. So, defensive player of the year is probably the next most important one to do. Gorgeous. Next least uh, important one to do. Yes. Here are my top three for defensive player of the year in the 2022 23 season. Number three, Evan Mobley. Number two, okay. Rob Williams, number one, uh, Bam Adebayo. Um, and I just feel like this is Bam's year. Like, let this man is, I've been singing his praises for a really long time. So impressive defensively. Could have easily won the award last year. Uh, you could easily argue his overall impact was, um, superior to Marcus Smart's. I think games played is the one thing that you would hold against him, and I did hold against him when I, I, I submitted my vote. But Bam also made my first team all defense as a power forward, I believe. And, like, look, he, there's no one who does what he does. He switches everything, can anchor a 2-3 zone, um, can guard all five positions, uh super smart super physical great rebounder i don't like i don't really know what else there is to say block shots protects the paint uh kind of like a perfect defender for the modern game and honestly if i was miami i would i would not trade him in a kevin durant transaction to try to i know they can't legally because of the uh designated player extension rule with Ben Simmons, but like I would I would not trade Bam out of bio. I just think his defense and what he means to you culturally on the court, everything, he's amazing. So hopefully Bam can win this award uh sooner than later because he's the best of the best when it comes to getting stops. Yeah. Another boring one where we have two of the same three people in <laughs> the exact same order. So I put uh Jaron Jackson third. Um Think that maybe what about the injury? Him. How long is he out for? Uh, probably till like Christmas. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it a buck with you, honestly. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, so even if he's out till Christmas, it, so mm-hmm. it essentially means he's missing a month, a month and a half. I guess it'll be worth seeing how much time he misses after that. It. It wasn't. I mean, like you basically said that Bam could have won it last year. How many games? Mm-hmm. Bam played what? Fifty-eight games? Fifty-six games? 
Mm-hmm. This is turning into an award. And I think the awards generally are starting to turn into kind of a referendum on like, do the games played matter? Availability. Um, yep. So, I mean, like, if you thought BAM was up for the award last year, could have won it, should have won it last year, then the idea of being out till Christmas really isn't, like, something that disqualifies you. It's just, it'll just mean that he missed the beginning of the season, which that's kind of been the case with a lot of these people anyway. Ja and his MVP candidacy, like, he played a little bit, uh, what, a hair over 60 games, I think? Well, no, he missed 20-some games because their record was, what, like, 20-5 and without him? That's essentially the same amount of games that Ja played last year. So it's really not, I mean, again, it'll be on Jaron Jackson to play enough games after he misses that first month, month and a half, but okay. So I don't know. And, be, way, and right? be excellent on, on defense as well. Which he, which he generally is. I mean, he, he, he can slow yeah. down on the fouls, but he was in the conversation yeah. last year having missed some time too. So he was on here, my there, wherever. So I have him third. And then the other two were that I had Rob Williams two and I had Bam at one. If Bam had been healthy, he probably would have won the award last year. The, he'd still, mm-hmm. even having missed all the games he missed, he still had the most switches in the league by, like, not, it wasn't even close. So if he's playing, his impact even becomes greater, you know, on one of the best defenses in the league, one of the most versatile defenders in the league. So, you know, he, he was very, uh, guys were very vocal last year for not winning awards, for not being finalists for awards. Bam was on that list of guys that kind of chose to take that route. To me, again, I feel like the games played thing is pretty easy to point to when it's a relatively competitive race or if it's competitive because you just missed that much time. And yep. Draymond was another guy, one of the guys that was really vocal where he was like, I should have been first team all defense. It's like you you played half the games. So if we're in a, in a system now where that's kind of going to become more the norm and guys are going to sit out more and guys are going to miss a month, you know, here and there. Okay, you know, like maybe we have to rethink the awards, but I feel like if Bam plays 60, 65 games, he's going to win. So the players that neither of us had on our ballots, we neither of us had Rudy Gobert. We did not. Who easily could have won last year as well. I mean, he's he's still Rudy Gobert. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't shock me if he won. Giannis, neither of us had Giannis. Um, widely regarded as one of the best defenders in NBA history. And still in his prime, could he easily win this award? Um, I mean, Mikhail Bridges. What did, he, did Mikhail Bridges finish second? I want to say, second. yeah, I'm to Marcus sure Smart. Second. Neither of us had him. I just feel like Phoenix is Marcus just like, Smart. <laughs> Marcus Smart. Yeah, the defending yeah. winner of the award. Neither of us, none of yeah. us. Had, I, I don't think he's going. To I'd be surprised either. if he repeats, though. I really would. I'd be surprised if he finishes top three after last year. I agree. There was there was a backlash when he won the award for sure. Yeah. Um, and another name I'm just going to throw out there, uh, Ben Simmons finished second two years ago. And if he's healthy, yeah. we should maybe consider him as a candidate. I don't think he's going to. I did look at to... him on the list. I don't think it's going to be him. Especially yeah, if the either. Nets are terrible or if they tear this thing down. Like I just, I think that there's also less interest in, I don't know. He, he, he might have room to be the best defense player in the, year, the league because of, how bad the rest of the group around him will be, but I don't, I don't <laughs> think there's going to be like I think defensive player of the year. I'd have to look. When was the last time defensive player of the year came from a team that wasn't good? Like I feel like that those two things normally go pretty hand in hand. Normally because it's like normally someone most that awards plays for are good, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you're normally playing for a really really good defense, and I don't. You know, we'll see how how good they are, but um, I just think they're more likely to be good when you're 
keeping your best defensive players, which uh, right. I don't know who's going to be great around him defensively. We'll see. Also, none of us had Draymond, who you've mentioned, but I should just say none of us had him on our thing here. And that's I, a good call. For me, that's just – I think that he could win. I Over 82 games, I don't see it. In the playoffs, he can still be the best defender in the NBA, if that makes sense. Um, my best bet here is Herb Jones, who's good plus 5,000, yep. 50 to yep. 1. Like, I'll put money on that. This dude could easily yep. win Defensive Player of the Year. He's incredible. He's incredible. Yeah. So, And he also gets the uh, – one thing you kind of need to win this award, I feel, increasingly, is you need the highlights on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. And you could put it together, a Herb Jones highlight reel this upcoming season, I guarantee it, so where he just shuts down. He is. He is. So that's a dude who is a true joy. I I also think that his on-off defensive metrics could be impressive this upcoming season, especially if he, um, you know, we'll see how good defensively that team is when he's off the court. I would imagine they are not as good. We will I'm see. very curious to see. That's part of what with Zion, like that team. If they're if Zion, if this becomes the year where Zion really locks in and plays. I mean, first of all, if he plays, one, two, if he plays and he's like, if he's a difference maker defensively with that group, sign me up. Uh, if he's not, it's weird because I feel like it actually helps with. Somebody like Herb Jones and maybe, you know, how impressive he looks because of how much he has to cover for somebody like Zion um, mm-hmm. and just the help that he has to provide. Um, maybe it wears him down. But Herb Jones was was one of the people that I thought about putting there just, you know, not necessarily for fun, but just someone who, you know, is going to bring it, you know, that has the capacity and the skill to do it. Um, it would be really unheard of for it to be, you know, someone that young in the league to get it. Um Mm-hmm. But it was also pretty unheard of for him to make the all defensive team too, you know, as a rookie. So we'll see. It'll be it'll be interesting to watch. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, Chris, it's time. MVP. Very exciting. Uh, I'm even as you were just talking, I was looking at my MVP list and I was like, this is hard. And, um, I'm, I might literally change my number one right now. Like on the fly. I have four people in my three slots. So yeah. Yeah. It was not easy. I have a controversial number three pick 
so I'll just start let's there. Let's go back. Let's I want to go back and forth. I picked we... Ding Dingnold is my is my coach of the year, my third pick. So like whatever <laughs> controversial is, I've run past that and kept sprinting through it. So feel free. I'm not gonna roast you. Go ahead. Safe okay. space. Okay. Uh, my number three is uh, Kawhi Leonard. Um, okay. I this is my guy. Longtime listeners know. I think this is going to be a revenge season for Kawhi Leonard, despite I, I choose to ignore all the reports that he still has not participated in a five on five. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I understand that, you know, he is the face, the poster boy of not playing in 82 games. That's not going to happen. There is yeah. he is load, Mr. Load Management. I get all that. I just feel in my bones that. He's just going to rip everyone to shreds this year. He's going to be the best two-way player in the NBA. He's going to be hyper-efficient. The Clippers are going to be the best team. That's a 60... They could win 65 games this year. I really I really think that. If they do, if they're by far the best team and he is their best player, that's my case. That's I know depth is like why they'll be so good, probably, but... Also having a guy who, on his best day, can be the world's best player, in my opinion. Um, that's my that's my Kawhi case. Uh, and Fire. you know, if he actually did win this award, I would I would truly be stunned. <laughs> but I'm putting him number three. I had I him to. as my value pick. Like I said, I only did the value pick for one for okay. one award, okay. which was MVP. I had I, I had Kawhi and put stars around his name just because I, I, he was like what plus twenty five hundred. Um, yes. So I mean, he I think he deserves better odds than that. When he's played for years now, he's always been among the most three, four, five productive players in the league. One of the few guys that is going to play really, really hard on both sides of the ball. Um my question for him is always like he's playing next to another guy that's star, you know, scratching the surface of that superstar level. Um and like you said, it's gonna have like a really good rotation of role players on that team that can mm-hmm. carry the load some nights too. So, you know, it's both can he play enough games and and also like I think you benefit sometimes from being like a lone star on your team when it comes to being in an MVP conversation um, mm-hmm. in a way that Kawhi may not be able to with Paul George. So, anyway, yeah, I think he's I think he's a really smart pick and I think a guy that um kind of has been off people's radars for enough time to where that's probably why he's a value pick in the first place. People aren't thinking about him. Who is your number three? I was telling you I had four people slotted for the three spots. I had Giannis and KD slash KD in, in the third spot. Wow. KD. Well, here, here's my thing. So I don't think KD's going to win MVP if he goes to Phoenix. I don't. I think if he's playing alongside Devin Booker and Chris Paul, two guys that have themselves been like top five, top six MVP finishers in the last two, three years. Mm-hmm. I, like I just kind of feel like it's a three-headed monster, and that's the way it's going to be talked about. Even though KD is going to be the best of the three players, um, I if he goes to Toronto, on the other hand, mm-hmm. it has a whole country embracing this dude aside from this one, um, and is clearly the best player. And there's no question about Booker. There's no question about Chris Paul, who really drives the you know who's really driving this car. I think KD in Toronto might actually become like the MVP favorite if he's there and plays in enough games and makes them the best team in the East, which is what I think you were saying. 
you thought would happen. So if that's the case, like I think Katie actually wins the award if he goes to Toronto, um, if he cares about such things. Even if he doesn't, if he's averaging 30 a game and makes Toronto mm-hmm. the best team in an Eastern Conference that's loaded, I think Katie wins the award. So that's why I have him there. If he doesn't go there, if he goes to Phoenix, I don't see it happening. Um, if he goes to Miami, depending on what they have to give up, I'm not sure I see that happening. Um, but like if he it. goes to Toronto, I think it's 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 a sure thing that he wins if he's healthy. Um, and then Giannis, just you know, I think Giannis, Giannis. I think it would be I think it would be difficult for Giannis to win another one right now. Um, but he's always in the conversation because he makes it difficult on us and makes us think about it. So Giannis, if Giannis plays seventy five games, puts up the numbers he did last year, and the Bucks are first team, uh, the best record in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, of course, like he could easily win. Um, so I totally see that. My number two is uh, Jason Tatum. Okay, all right. I think this is I think this is Tatum season. I think uh, coming off of. I think he showed what type of player he is from about December. Yeah. I think it was like a career trajectory changing stretch for him where yeah. I always thought he was going to be really good, but the playmaking development, all of a sudden he's efficient scoring. His on off numbers are absolutely absurd, which there's a lot of factors that go into that. But one being this dude is indispensable on both ends of the court to. Yeah. Uh, a very good team, a team that was the best team after that that mark. Um, and just coming off the finals where it's just like 24-year-olds uh, <clears throat> could not handle a lot of the responsibilities that the Celtics needed him to, 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 to carry when the bench kind of evaporated. And I think he's going to be super motivated. I think the whole team is going to be super motivated. I think his numbers are going to be great. I think that the team is going to be awesome, and I, 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 you know, just boiling it down, not to be reductive. If the Celtics have the best record and he's the best player, he's a really strong candidate. And I think they could have the best record. I think the Clippers will be the best team. Maybe the Celtics have a better record. I don't know. We'll see. But having Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari to add to their depth, too, I just, I, I think this team is is really stacked and. He is super valuable and important to how they play on both ends of the court. So Tatum is my number two. Okay. Got you. We can't really argue with it. I, <laughs> I, I'm right there with you as far as if he had been, if his start hadn't been so slow last year. Because what, what did he end up finishing in the MVP vote? Um, he was he, sixth. He was sixth. He was okay, on my so ballot, sixth, but he but finished he sixth was, overall. But he was so he was on first team All NBA, but it was because of like the Embiid, Jokic thing. Correct, uh, correct. Uh, him and I think Luca was the was the other pick uh, that happened that way. Um, if he hadn't had the slow start statistically, he could have been a factor in the race last year. I mean, obviously it's a big if because obviously Boston's whole season shifted after that slow start. But uh, mm-hmm. if it had been the sort of season where they had just been a world beater for the whole year. He, he probably, I won't say he probably wins the award, but he's probably in the top two or top three of the conversation along with Embiid and Jokic. So that's a perfectly fine pick to me. I was actually kind of surprised at myself that I didn't have him on my list here. Um, I put Luca at number two. Um, I 
have huge questions about what the hell Dallas is doing this offseason. Yes. Um, you know, but I think that some of those could kind of tilt in um, Luca's favor. You know, you, you obviously want to look at the on-offs with him and Jalen Brunson to see how he performs. And over the last three years, you've basically seen like a sliding scale of like, it almost seems random. Like his numbers are virtually the same over the last three years, whether Brunson's there or not. One year, his three-point percentage is way down when Brunson's not there. The next year, it's higher when Brunson's not on the floor. So, it, you know, it looks like someone that will perform about as well uh, without Brunson there. And his usage goes up. So he's going to have the ball in his hands even more, which, okay, his stats will be better or, or higher, bigger, but he might be more worn down. He might be more tired. So, like, it could also mean that Dallas won't go as far. He's also going to have Christian Wood, you know, to use as a pick-and-pop partner which could, you know, the man could have a bunch of assists, uh, even more than what he's had before. But, you know, their defense might not be as good as it was last year. So there's all sorts of ifs, ands, and buts with uh-huh. this sort of thing. But I could yeah. see Luca being a big factor in the conversation, um, the way he has been for the last couple of years anyway. But I could see him getting a little bit closer to winning it this year. I, I think he's the odds-on favorite right now if i'm not mistaken or he's up there and one of the reasons why i i do not have on on my list is i don't think dallas will be good and that really that really matters historically when we're voting for mvp he would need to do something like extraordinary he would need to average you know 38 11 and 10 and efficiently and have Dallas be a top six seed. I don't think any of that is possible. So that's my rationale for keeping him off, but he's super duper talented and is a top five talent. Absolutely. Um, Okay. I think, okay, let me just say here, we're at number one. Now I'm changing my number one pick after (laughs) I've been thinking about it. Um, Who I have written right now, is Nikola Jokic. I'm changing that. Wow, you did? I'm changing it. I had him written and I'll explain I'll explain right wow. now actually. I had I had him written because I think the Nuggets are going to have an incredible season. Mm-hmm. I think Jokic is and I go back and forth every day this uh, with this. I think he's the best basketball player in the world and if he puts up numbers like he did in a lot of the same respective categories, and now maybe his on-offs won't be that impressive, maybe the advanced stats won't smile at him as, as much as they will because Jamal Murray is there, because they got Bruce Brown, they drafted some really talented pieces, etc. But I also think that you could say, you know, what if Denver is second or first in the Western Conference, and. Right. What if he's even more efficient and he's historic? Like, he, what if he improves? And because of the talent upgrade around him, where he goes from Monte Morris as a starting point guard to Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr.'s back, et cetera, maybe he's like his true shooting is, I don't even know what it is. It's just, it's, it's something we've never yeah. seen before. And he's still, he's averaging a triple double because some of those potential assists turn to assists. Like, I don't know. I, I could see it happening. I do. I, I, but I'm changing it because this is not like, this is what I think will actually happen in reality. I think the number one guy who needs to be favored in this category is Joel Embiid because yeah. 
and I figured you had Joel as well, mm-hmm. because he has not won yet. I do exactly. not mean to denigrate him. I do not mean to denigrate him by saying that. I think he's a f- phenomenal player. Could have easily won last year if Jokic didn't have the historic season he did because Joel Embiid's season was historic in its own right. Okay. But I think vote because this is a voting situation. Exactly. Yep. People are going to vote for Joel. He just needs to do what he did last year. They're going to be great. I love the moves Daryl Morey has made this offseason. They're going to win a ton of games. And if he stays healthy, it's his award, frankly. I would be I would be surprised if anyone else won now that I'm thinking yes. about it. Okay. So that that was the only reason I reacted the way I did with, with the wow. Because, I mean, yeah, Denver should be great this year. I, they, Jokic by himself is enough for Denver to potentially be great. I don't necessarily expect it, given that it's a team mm-hmm. sport. But Jokic has done everything you could possibly do with him. He's been a good defender. He's been a all-time great offensive player, um, shooting, passing, setting guys up, rebounding, the outlet passes, all the stuff we see on the highlights, all the stuff that he does, the, the quirky stuff. He's just incredible. All that stuff should become heightened and even more efficient with Murray back, with Porter back, with somebody like Bruce Brown coming off the bench who seems like a perfect, perfect fit with a team like that. Um only thing I have a question about is DeAndre Jordan. Anyway, um, <laughs> in, in, in theory, Jokic could be even better. I would imagine his scoring will come down because it doesn't need to be as high anymore. But mm-hmm. my only thing was that it, it it takes such a Herculean sort of season to win it three times in a row. It, it, it's just I can't even – I don't even know off the top of my head how many times this happened. But also just the sort of like – I won't say backlash, but sort of that, you know, the idea that he got from winning it two straight times and and doing it pretty, you know, pretty, he essentially was running away with the award. We all knew he was going to win it by a certain point. I just kind of feel like there's no way it'll happen without, you know, without, it would need to be more like his first MVP where a lot of guys were hurt um, and mm-hmm. he kind of was the best option left, even though he was deserving before the injuries came into play for Embiid and LeBron and stuff like that. It would need to be a season like that. And I feel like even if that were the case, I feel like the drumbeat will get louder that somebody else needs to win the award, which isn't fair. He's deserved it. I think he's been the best player of the last two years um, in the league. But I just kind of feel like it would take such an overwhelming, everybody sees it sort of thing. And I don't feel like everybody's capable of seeing how great he is. I feel like we've already learned that from the last two years. So I, I put Embiid here for exactly the reason you laid out. Philly should be better. They'll have a, a, mm-hmm. a full year of Harden and not trying to integrate him late in the season. Mm-hmm. You think Maxi will be the most improved? I think you were saying he was your pick, or he was one of your picks for most improved, not necessarily. He was on the list. Yep. Yeah. But like, you know, if he makes any sort of leap from what he's already done, um, they might still trade Harris, get something for him. But even if they don't, the role guys, they have the PJ Tuckers, um, you know, they're going to. Ha- they're they're gonna have a nasty defensive team, a long defensive team that will help Embiid and make life a little bit easier for him from that standpoint. Um, it, it it should be a really good team around him if Embiid can stay healthy, and not to mention he his trainer have all kind of complained um, and lobbied. That stuff probably does wear people down eventually. I don't think it makes any impact on me or you, um, but he he plays in a big market. Like I would imagine that at some point he'll win one. We've said now for a while, if he could just stay healthy, he'll win one. He stayed healthy for the most part last year. Didn't win it because I think somebody else outplayed him narrowly. 
I think this year, if he does that again, even if Jokic outplays him, I would still expect him to get it just because three-time MVPs without a title to show for it in particular, I just tough. I don't see it happening. So uh, Embiid, I think, will win one if he's able to stay healthy. Yeah, I've, I had a feeling you would have Embiid, and I, I, I came to my senses. Like I was like, I can't have three players and Embiid not be one of them when he's like, Going to win that wouldn't make any sense. You would have gotten, so, gotten a DM from somebody. Uh, I, I would have gotten worse than that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we already have people hunting our, uh, you know, our mentions in Twitter for not having voted for him for MVP last year. Uh, Even, yes. Having him number two and still having people in our mentions over that. So it is. Well, hopefully, it is this conversation on a meaningless podcast in early right. July will totally make up for that. Right, um, right. My real, real quick. I know that your best bet was Kawhi, right? Um, yeah. mine is Dame, Damian Lillard, uh, okay. who is plus 2,800, 28 to one. Um, the, the rationale here is pretty straightforward. It's just like, he's the only all-star caliber player on his team. Um, our, our, one of our producers, Shelby Royston would have take a front to that because Anthony Simons is on the roster. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like Damian Lillard is the only all-star caliber player on that team if they overperform if they finish with a top six top five record and he bounces back statistically where he's coming off one of the worst seasons of his entire career if he's efficient again if he's shooting 40 percent from behind the three-point line if he's got all the highlights he's taking the logo threes drilling them if portland's exciting i think his name could be in this conversation um but you know i don't I don't. I don't necessarily see him him winning, uh, but uh, yeah, twenty eight to one, pretty good odds. Could be worse. So yeah, Dame. Okay. Shout out to Dame. I hear you. Um, Not a bad pick. Yeah, Chris. I think we we did it. I think we covered every award. Um, this was fun. We're going to potentially revisit this in months, uh, and laugh at how <laughs> wrong. We were, but this was this was good. I, I enjoyed this. Mean, Thank you so much for indulging me. I'm going to have to revisit why I chose Jalen Suggs as uh, my most improved player. <laughs> yes, you what may. makes you think you... we'll have to revisit that? Why? Why would we have to do that? <laughs> we may. We may not. We'll see. Uh, maybe we'll just throw this episode in the trash. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but Chris, I think that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for your, your expertise and your insight. Thank you so much to... Um, our listeners, the Open Floor Globe, please keep your emails coming to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Everybody stay safe. Everybody, please continue to enjoy the NBA offseason. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hold up. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com.